Hello, I'm Kristen McDonald, and thanks so much for tuning in today. How would you like to have a love affair and a communion with your own life force? Gabriella Masala knew from the age of three that her mission in life was to actually transform consciousness. And she has done this and pursued this in the fullness of joy and passion in her adult life. She is a renowned yoga teacher and mind-body-spirit modalities. Gabriella was also a founding member of the Deepak Chopra Center for Well-Being and a movement therapist for Canyon Ranch Resorts. And over the years, she has combined all of her wonderful insight and knowledge into a journal entitled Everyday Magnificent Practices to Activate an Unlimited Life. Dr. Joe Dispenza is just one of her many mentors and great people that she has worked with, and I'm delighted to have her on the show today. How are you, Gabriella? I'm so grateful. Wonderful. Thank you, Kristen. Great to be here. Oh, it's wonderful to have you on the show, and um, I love how you said you're grateful because I fell asleep reading part of your journal last night and uh, part of my system and, of course, all the people out there who are trying to inspire others, you know, talk about gratitude in different forms, and it's so vital to our well-being. You know, the, the journal is really wonderful. You, you talk about, um, you know, journaling every night and getting your feelings out. So I just, I can't wait to get into it. So first tell us what, what drove you to write this book. You said by the age of three you were inspired and you had a connection with the divine. Tell us about that. Yes, yes. Let's see. So lots of great questions there. Um, my earliest memory is being about three years old, looking up at the stars, having such a sense of connection and love and a sense of being held in this field of of divine, intelligent love that I could trust, and knowing that I was on this planet, um, in this little body, but with a very clear mission to to love, you know, I, I think that as I've um, almost 50 years now in this earth walk, it continues to be revealed in um, some ways that are very clear and others that are very simple, to just really be a present, awake, loving being in any place and time without a... Uh, necessarily a title or an articulation of what it is the mission is. But that's always mm-hmm. been really clear. And, uh, and yeah, and, and certainly... Uh, Excuse me, you must up. have come from a very loving environment. Were, you, were your parents very spiritual? Or, I mean, did this just, you know, this innate feeling? I mean, many kids are just, they're afraid to go off to school. You know, they get insecure. They, they um, go through all sorts of things as, as children. Yes, yes. And... And so many of these things, as I, I'm sure you you can relate to, that often some of, of our challenges turn out to be some of the greatest initiations and wake-up calls to really uh, dive deeper into, well, what is my anchor? What is that unwavering connection, relationship that sustains me and that walks with me no matter what arises in a life? And for sure, Definitely. as early as I can remember, yes, super loving parents. And then also just that experience of love, you know, love as a frequency, love as a state, love as a force, um, has always just been my food and my fuel, you know. <laughs> Beautiful. There's no better no better fuel. <laughs> so so you kind of evolved into this, you know, person with a love for consciousness and uh, meditation, right? You talk a lot about meditation in the book and how important it is and journaling. Let, let's talk about that a little bit. 
Yeah, sure. Well, you know, from an early age, I just devoured everything I could about world spirituality and metaphysics and um, was always really drawn to what are the unifying factors in all of these great religions and spiritualities of the world and, uh, and, and what are the commonalities, right? So I've always been sort of a Unitarian looking for what's whole and what unifies us as a human and planetary family not what divides us or separates us. And, you know, as, as you know, again, infinite ways that we can meditate, that we can become familiar with uh, the unknown, with our own unconscious, subconscious thoughts, um, that we can just pause and get still and become as related to the biggest field of energy or life force that is holding us that, and that we're part of beyond the sort of analytical mind and personality identity that we can begin to think is all there is. And I feel like meditation is such, again, whatever form, I think, in asking, well, what's the best kind of meditation? My current response is always the one you'll do, right? Because whatever practice you will do that helps to wake up from the trance or from the kind of conditions agreement feel that we live in a world of matter and separation, whatever will wake that up is going to be effective. And, uh, and yes, and many people of... do better with the silent meditation. And, you know, like mm-hmm. myself, I like to go through guided meditation because I have one of those ADHD brains that will just go everywhere sometimes. Or you're, you're trying to meditate to, to calm yourself or get over something and you can't stop your thoughts. So I, I like the guided meditations often, and the quiet too. I mean, in your journal, you talked about even sitting in a chair instead of lying down and meditating, and having the, you know, the, um, uh, you know, the the kind of sitting meditation, you know, where you're more alert and you're more conscious. Yeah, there's all kinds of meditations. One, uh, Angelus Aryan, who's no longer in the body, was a beautiful. Uh, Native American teacher who really gave us the gift of, and it's been tracked in many, many traditions, so not to claim it to her, but she did really do a beautiful job of tracking seated meditation, standing meditation, moving meditation, reclining meditation, and that all of these body postures of body mudras will give us access to different forms of brain waves of integration, you know, so that the meditation of walking or dancing or eye-open meditations is going to support us to be able to bring uh, those insights and awareness into waking life, the walking meditation of life, whereas something like a reclining meditation is going to give the autonomic nervous system more of a chance to really reboot and relax, uh, whereas seated meditation is going to bring us to a more of a sense of alertness and receptivity um, that's more you know, upright in that way different energy like I do very well with Qigong you know the standing meditation mm-hmm. and, you know where you're breathing and moving because <clears throat> during the day rather I actually have to get back to it I spent uh, quite a bit of time mm-hmm. learning it with a, an instructor and it was very very valuable but it, again it's really it's really getting into a, um, a habit you know like you talk about the journal but before I ask you about the journal give some of our listeners a 101 on metaphysics, because I know what, a lot about metaphysics. I, I've read metaphysics, metaphysical books for years, and it's just such a fascinating field to me, you know. And I, I really mm-hmm. connected when I was reading your journal about how you're 
you're trying always to connect with source and, you know, energy, how we're all energy. So just give some of our listeners who may not have read as much about it a little 101 on metaphysics. Sure. Yeah, Quantum sure. Physics. So, um, wonderful. And what I'll say, too, is that my mentor, Dr. Gil Dispenza, such a Oh, whom I adore. I've read his books and I've heard him in seminars. Yeah. He's just great. He is wonderful. And so in a nutshell, you can look at this through the lens of science. You can look at it through the lens of of esoteric anatomy, but in a very simple perspective, we are um, conditioned from a very, really for hundreds and thousands of years, but certainly from a very early age, that we live in a world of matter. So Newtonian physics, which is the kind of uh, paradigm by which our models of education, of healthcare, of politics, of you name it, we're kind of in a Newtonian-based model um, of reality where there is matter and there is separation. You, me, good, bad, polarity consciousness, light, dark, you name it. But that quantum physics and the quantum-based model of reality, which has actually been, you know, since the early 1900s has started to circulate, says actually you don't live in a world of matter. Even what appears as matter, as particle reality, is just the slowest wave of waves of energy that actually we live in a whole system and there's many different cultural, scientific, psychological perspectives of, of toe theories, of theories of everything, of whole system theories where we're actually in one giant energy system. We're all interconnected. I love how Thich Nhat Hanh has coined the word inter being. We're not just being, we're interbeing. We're all intimately connected and actually we're all a series of waves of energy that when they slow down enough become matter. Right? So it's kind of mind blowing. Fascinating, isn't it? Learning about it. it is. But it's awesome. Yes. <laughs> it, it really is. Yeah. And how we, we never go away, you know? I mean the body's just a vessel. Mm-hmm. We are just energy and, and the kind of energy that you choose to attract every day and produce you know, it's. Um, right. I always tell people being visually impaired. I, you know, how did I fly across the country today? I got here with my energy. You know, it wasn't with my mm-hmm. eyesight. It was energy. You know, so I've had to focus Beautiful. so much more on inner energy since I went blind. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. and it's, um, it, in a way, it's sort of been very valuable. You know, extra tools Absolutely. and extra insight. Yeah, um, I imagine it's been a great initiation into a deeper understanding and experience for you of how. Yes. How your regulation of your own energy, your energy management, actually creates your world. Yes, yes. I mean, people say to me, well, how, how did you meet that person? How did you just connect with it? And I say, well, you know, you have to really kind of up your energy. You have mm-hmm. to be vulnerable and, you know, take for instance, <laughs> time you, you want to get up and get some, have someone help you with some water or get the ladies or I just stand up now, excuse me, <laughs> you know, and, and all of a sudden, you know, just being open to the universe, that's my point, you know, and oh, asking for help. Yeah. And many of us won't do that, you know, with our eyesight. Mm-hmm. We're just sort of closed mm-hmm. in, in L.A. You're in your cars mm-hmm. and you're, you're separate from people. Anyway, I'm digressing here. Mm-hmm. So let's get back to your journal and talk about um, the, you know, the, the journaling. That's so uh, I was doing sure. that for many years, and it's again, it reminded me by reading your book last night that I have to get back to it. I, I want to ask you, when you're talking about to encourage people to journal, are you talking about 
just journaling free-flowing thoughts? Let's say you're hurting over something or you're anxious over something. Are you talking about creation, like the secret of what you want? Just tell us tell us what you mean when you say you sure. need to journal every day. Yes, yes, I will. And, and uh, you know, to preface that, that my uh, professional background has always been in the expressive art. So um, art as meditation, that when we engage with writing with our own hands, sure, typing can, can or, you know, using your digital devices works too, but there's something about engaging with our hands, whether it's writing or making mandalas, which is just filling a circle with color because a circle is an image of wholeness. So that's also what I mean by journaling. It's writing uh, uh, inquiry and prompt responses that are specific to really elevating our state and getting to the heart of matters because someone can fill a journal from front to back but never get beyond their personality and their mental-generated um, habitual thinking. But this journal is really about diving deeper and even if so there's writing prompts, there's inspirational questions that are really looking to get to the heart of who are you now and why are you here and what lights you up and what is your passion and why have you taken a human life? You know, so there's specific prompts in the journal and I really feel that there's a way that journaling can be a way of self-discovery but it can also be a conversation with the divine or with the invisible realm um, and then to also backtrack on that, that within this journal, there's also a lot of different activities, meditation ideas, touchstones, ways that, um, you know, are encouraging, encouraging us to live a life of art, to live a life of creation, whether it's cooking our meals or, I mean, how we live our lives, how we dress, how we have friendships and conversation, you know, just standing up in the airport and saying, hey, I need some water, like that there's an art to how we live our lives and that when we are engaging our creativity and getting out of that kind of trance of normalcy, um, we are in touch with the creative force, with creator, with creation. And that has... And it's so interesting. Yes, and, and it is a love affair then with our own life force, as you say. But, you know, the writing is so powerful. I've always found that. You can, you can sit by yourself. You can engage in conversation. You can think, think, think. But the writing does something even with feelings when you get it down on paper. Every time I've ever really wanted something in a big way, I have actually written it down before, including just this mm-hmm. radio show years ago when I just was, you know, thinking of another outlet for my speaking. And, and, um, and things just seem to kind of appear when you put them on paper. But, you know, in the same vein, it's very powerful to get feelings out that may be hurtful or that you just can't get off your chest by writing. Yes, it's true. Definitely. I think there's some great studies about how people who write down their goals or intentions or in general have a writing practice um, will increase the manifestation of those goals, intentions, desires by 80%. Yes, I think that's a Harvard study. Right? Yeah. Um, Harvard did two studies on that. You know, I know this from my workshops and everything, but you're right. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. And I need to keep practicing it myself, you know, practicing what, yeah. what we, um, we preach. So, so give our listeners, again, a little more, a better breakdown of what's in the book, like a step-by-step. If they buy your book, you know, how will sure. they start and what are, yeah, please. Sure. Well, first of all, there, there is a context for, what are you doing and why? And really that 
that an everyday magnificent life is by our own design and it's by our own value system. So that this is not my book, this is your book. This is a book where you're given the context and then a very um, very practical and simple but profound uh, structure where there's daily template pages and there's inquiry questions, there's writing prompts, there's uh, working within mandalas, which is basically a a empty image of a circle and then with either an intention or with just preform, filling it with color. Because when we work with um, Jungian therapy, did a lot of work in this realm with mandalas, when we fill a circle with color, image, form, symbol, it engages the other side of our brain beyond the analytical and language part. And it creates a, oh, a sense of marriage and wholeness and unity and can uh, reveal all kinds of information. It can bring things into wholeness in a way that might have been conflictual or left out of sight. So, you know, and I love... No, you mean thing. actually adding color? Like, let's say you're writing and you add... A, a, can you Can you explain that? Sure. So it's making mandalas. If you would imagine that instead of using a square or a, um, you know, a page to make a picture, if you were drawing something, even so for some people, writing about what they want is really amazing. For other people, they're going to be more, um, they're going to be more inclined to draw it. So that's one of the options there. And then they do. Oh, I see. Sure. Right. Kind of drawing. There's studies that have been done on this as well. That's that we can draw our um, desired outcomes into life as well as write them. But even if that isn't something that someone loves, there's also many different kinds of meditation, everything from um, all forms of seated and moving meditation, from soul dance to walking meditation to nature sits to, you know, cooking as a meditation to being on the earth and making earth art. Um, reclining meditation. There's practices for shifting the brain waves and shifting our our energetic and emotional state, like flooding gratitude, or you know, waking up first thing in the morning and before the analytical mind starts to think, to instead go immediately to the breath and to gratitude, to flood our field with things that bring us joy that we're grateful for. So the book is just packed with both meditations and then what I call touchstones, which only take Two to three minutes. Things like what you may know in your Qigong practice, little energy medicine exercises, thiamus thumps, things that wake up our energy and get us connected, get us really present. It, it seems like a great book to do with a buddy as well. Yeah. Actually, there's many um, communities that I work with that create with many women's groups that will get together and do the journal together, do the exercises mm-hmm, together. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. I I really... Yeah, you had asked earlier why I created the book. And so even though the expressive arts and meditation has always been a huge part of my life, when I started studying with Dr. Joe, uh, he really articulated the potential of living by quantum laws and making a paradigm shift from a world of separation where we're matter in a world of matter to being in deeper relationship with being energy in a world of energy to really develop an intimate relationship with the unknown, with the unified field, with the invisible realm. And this book was created as a way to have that be a daily process. You know, so often we might go to a retreat 
or have a really elevated experience at some kind of a workshop or even in our meditation, on our cushion, on our yoga mat. But then what about the rest of the 23 hours of the day? Like how do we live by quantum laws? How do we bring this in? How do we leap into a new paradigm? I think that's, so that's, that's just beautiful. Yeah. And so we, we leap through journaling, through meditation, through gratitude. What, what are some of the things that stand out in your mind working with Dr. Joe Dispenza? And, and actually for some of the people listening who, who aren't familiar with Dr. Joe, can you just give them a little bit of a, a brief background? You know, I've read his books sure. and heard him in seminars. He's yeah. wonderful. Well, he's brilliant, and he's got a huge heart, and uh, though he has many amazing books, um, Becoming Supernatural is his latest. And I think it should be a primer for, for humans, you know, like Humanity 101 for the coming turning of the age. Um, I haven't so read that one. I finished You Are the Placebo, which I loved. Yeah, which is, you should, yeah, Becoming Supernatural is awesome. And really, he, okay. um, he is a neuroscientist, he's a, a mystic, but he's also very practical and very pragmatic and really beautifully articulates how the quantum model of reality um, can be applied to living a life where we are awakening our inner genius. You know, he says this is the time where it's not just important to know it's a time to know how to really be able to wake up our supernatural abilities. From my perspective, working with him is about um, lighting up the full circuitry of what it is to be a divine human being, to really getting um, in into life and falling in love with our lives and getting into life in a way that we are becoming sovereign with. I have this incredible, miraculous body, and I can, uh, by will, shift the state, and by nature of shifting the state, shift the frequency and shifting the place, the driver from a life of separation, the I, me, mind, to a life of wholeness and of unity and of divine love, where we come into the we consciousness, the us consciousness, again, into being. And that from that place, we light up and all we want to do is contribute back to life. All we want to do is serve. And we, not only are we in love, we wake up to we are love. And so he, he shares this in, just he's brilliant, and I love him, and I think everyone uh, listening would really be served by, by tuning in to his work. Beautiful, beautiful. And to buying your, your journal. Uh, you know, I, I wish we had more time, but um, why don't you share with everyone the name of your, your journal again and how they can find it, and if they'd like to get in contact with you for... I don't know, do you do workshops and, um, do. you know, anything I else do. you'd like to share, please? Sure. Thank you, Kristen. So the journal sure. Is Thank you. Yeah. Everyday Magnificent practices to activate an unlimited life. And uh, anyone who wants to reach out, ask questions, get in touch, can reach me through www.gabriellamasala.com. C-A-B-R-I-E-L-A, Masala, M-A-S-A-L-A.com. And I do lots of group work, retreat design. I work one-on-one with people, and I'm always open to hearing from folks and how the journey's going for them. And, you know, the journal is available on Amazon, and um, it's really for someone that touches it every day. It's about 90 days of uh, just a great, joyous ride of transformation and self-discovery and deeper intimacy with the divine. 
Beautiful. I like how you have 90 days, you know, a beginning and an end, sort of like a, it's a project, you know, with the journal. Yeah. Um, people like to have that, a beginning and an end point, you know, so it's like going, going on a diet. You know, it's a mental, mental mm-hmm. exercise. By the way, is it right. on ebook or for those who are visually impaired or blind? Uh, are you doing audio soon or? You know, I don't have a plan to do audio, but I would just love to. And I would love to be able to make it. Uh, you should get it on adapted. Audible. You should really approach yes. Audible. Thank yeah. you, I will. Well, wonderful. Well, Gabrielle, it's been a true pleasure. My goodness, you have such a gentle spirit and um, so much to say. I wish we had more time. But for those of you listening, I've been with uh, my guest, fabulous guest, Gabriella Masala, author of Everyday Magnificent. Please check it out on her website and choose love. Love is the greatest force in the universe. Thank you for listening. I'm Kristen McDonald for Second Vision. <laughs>